You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, this is uh, Jay Harwood, with my friend for almost 40 years. I'm trying to get my number, so 19... No, it's 1982, so it's 18, 40 years. Wow, it's amazing. 40 years of friendship, and I appreciate you, Good friends, too. Uh, Doc, sitting here in Port St. Lucie, I remember we came here in 1988. There was a Wendy's and a Gulf gas station. (laughs) It's kind of built up since then, hasn't it? Yeah, it's pretty nice now. You're right. I remember coming here, and I'm from Florida originally, from Tampa. I never heard of Port St. Lucie at that time. And we moved here, like I said, to Gulf Gas Station and the Wendy's, and everybody lived on Jensen Beach, which was about 45 minutes away. But man, the town has changed. It's very nice now, and I look forward to coming here every year. You remember, we, I think we stayed out in the Hutchinson Island. We had to go to the big drawbridge and oh, yeah. get caught on the bridge, and the whole town got wiped away in a hurricane. But it, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really, really changed. Doc, after all these years, you know, you're in fantasy camp. Does it make you feel good that, you know, the guys still beam when they see you, you know, I mean, I mean, to have this recognition after so long, I mean, it's not many guys can control a room like you and Daryl and a guy like Reggie Jackson. I mean, it's still, the, you got the it factor. Yeah, it's, it's a great feeling to have, Jay. And to come here, these guys are true fans. You know, they come down here every year. And the thing I, I like about it, you develop friendships with these guys. Because like you said, the first day they see you, they're in awe. They get autographs, we take pictures and all that. After a couple of years, you come down here, it's like a friendship. You look forward to seeing these guys. And even at City Field, you run across these guys. It's a good feeling. And they talk about, you know, each other's families. And we look forward to seeing each other every year. It's like a guy's, you know, fraternity. And um, it's a great feeling to have. And for anybody out there that's never been to fantasy camp, they should think about coming. Troy, what do you think about this locker room? Our first locker room wasn't like this. They yeah. recognized the history. The players are on the wall. You know, all the, all the guys from the past. The current players get a sense of what's going on when you see this locker room, right? Oh, that's nice. They did a great job in this locker room. And I think it's great for players to know the history of the organization that you plan for. And like I said, when we was here, it was nothing like this. But I think it's great for the younger generation to learn the history, the guys who played here before they did, to understand that when you put on a uniform, they should look at it as a privilege. Because, I mean, a lot of guys would like to be in a position. So they come with that attitude to be great. But this is, this is nice. I like coming here. So one of my favorite spring train stories wasn't in, in St. Louis and St. Petersburg. It was the end of the first season. I remember Davey called you into his office, and you didn't know at that point whether you are going to make the team or not make the team, right? And yes. you, can you remember that conversation? Oh, yeah. It was amazing because I played with Davey in 83 and Tidewater just for the playoffs and World Series, and he told me wherever he managed next year, I'll build his team. Did and you believe him? I didn't believe him because I was 18 at the time. And, um, right. George Bamberger, he resigned, and Davey had the job. When I was instructionally, and I, I was just kidding with Davey when I was in St. Petersburg. I said, Davey, remember what you told me? He said, oh, I don't remember you coming in. I remember getting a call saying I was invited to spring training as a non-roster player. And back then, they had a lot of B games. We, at Huggins Steen, we sure. played at 10 o'clock. So I pitched a lot of B games. Then I had to pitch regular games. And I remember the last game, we were playing at L.A. Stadium in St. Pete, right before we opened the season in Cincinnati. And Davey came up to me and said, congratulations, you made the team. I was shocked. And it was a great feeling to share that moment with my dad afterwards. Um, to share that with him. And you had to go home and pack, right? Because you didn't have your clothes with you? Yeah, I had to go home and pack because I didn't want to bring my, my luggage to the ballpark, you know, thinking that I made it or not without hearing anything because I know the front office, because of my age, they wanted me to go back to the minors because I remember Tim Leary had got injured when they brought him up at a young age. Right, he, he blew his arm out in Chicago in a rainy day there. And, oh, man, yeah. Uh, and that so. did a little effect on what we did for a while, yeah. Yes, and I understood that. And that's why I was surprised, you know. But I was looking at, you know, being 18, I mean, 19, I say, well, even if I went to AAA, I would be happy, but... 
I made the ball club. We had some great veterans on the team that kind of took me on their wing, so it was great. You know, 84 is, is rookie of the year, 85 is Sung Young. One of the magical scenes, 83, he struck out 300 batters in Lynchburg, which next year is going to be the 40th anniversary of that. Oh, wow. What do you remember that year, you know? Oh, the thing that sticks out the most about that year was um, we had a pitching coach, John Cumberland, the late John Cumberland. Cumberland, yeah. I started out that year in, in Lynchburg, 0-3, and, and they was going to send me down to Columbia, um, the lower A, and John Cumberland said, no, don't send him down. We'll have a missile start, and I'll work with him. We didn't work on anything. We just talked about pitching inside because I was afraid to pitch inside because in high school I hit a kid in the head and the paramedics came on the field. Really? So I went pitch inside. So Cumberland told me, when you go back out the pitch, if a guy hits the ball hard off you, the next guy, I want you to knock him down, throw it high and tight. He said, if a guy hits a horn off you, the next guy, you hit him in the leg. And I don't know if you remember, I pitched at Shea Stadium one game, and a guy hit the horn off. We played against San Diego um, form team, and I hit a guy. <laughs> not, not up here, that didn't look too good. That was but, when he came up in the middle of the year. We pitched for Lynchburg that year. Right, right? Yeah, Lynchburg yeah, he came up. And, and so after that game, he goes, you don't have to hit anybody no more. So after starting 0-3, I ended up 19-4 and that year with 300 strikeouts. And then I got called up at AAA from that. And you, who, who, the, the Lynchburg team was a pretty good team. I went, 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 uh, Ed Hearn and, and, oh, yeah. and Lenny was on the team. Yeah, Lenny, we had, uh, Mark Carrion, we had Ed Hearn, uh, Barry Lyon was there for a little bit, um, Greg Olson, who played a little bit with the Braves in the big leagues, um, Jay Tills pitched a little bit in the big leagues. Right. Uh, Bill Latham pitched a little bit in the big leagues. Randy Milligan played with the um, with um, uh, Baltimore a little bit. So that team was loaded. We won over 100 games. And even when I got called to AAA, I didn't want to go. I wanted to finish the season with those guys. Doc, your career, you had some ups and some downs. I mean. I, what, what's been your message when you, I know you do, you still do like what Hackensack Hospital, you do yes. still a lot of work. What do you, what message you want to get out from your life's journey? I mean, I know you're trying to get out. I think the main thing now that helps me is just staying busy, helping others. Um, at, at Hackensack Hospital, I go there with the case of uh, cancer patients, spend a lot of time with the parents because instead of them, you know, you know, being depressed with the kids, what they're going through, you spend time with them, try to take them to some games, whatnot. We do a lot of stuff with NYPD with the five boroughs where, where the kids, you know, addiction with teenage kids is very, very effective now. So I spend a lot of time with them sharing my story. Just the mess I made, Jay, try to turn into a message. But the more I'm involved in staying busy and helping others, that helps me as well. I mean, I, what do you do? You go to, you know, COVID is not done, but it's calmed down. Are you able to go to the hospital now a little bit? I go to the hospital a little bit, um, go to visit, visit the kids. And when they're doing better, um, and if they're able to come home and try to take them to a game or bring an autographed jersey, something like that, just to cheer them up or go there and watch a game with them, you know, whatever I can to do to help them, it makes me feel good. It makes them feel good. Now, let's just jump to current baseball, you know, with the Mets. It was win 101 games, you know, eliminated. We, not exactly similar, but in 88, we won 100 games, beat the Dodgers 10 of 11 games, 11 or 12, yes. and we lose in, in the playoffs. Is it, is it kind of similar to, to Mets fans? You can't, it's, the, the playoffs are really a crapshoot, aren't they, once you get there? I mean, it's- Most definitely. I think, I think the fans, and I'm a fan, it should be very happy with the team this year, what they accomplished, winning 100 games. Because like you said, once you get in the playoffs, it's not always ideal. And I look at the playoffs, it's always the hottest team. It's not always the best team. Right. It's a team that gets hot at the right time. Um, and I don't look at the Mets as a season as a downfall. I thought they did great, something to build on. I thought Bucks were well, I thought he did a great job. And I look for the Mets to be a sight for years to come. Wait, did you run past with him we, with the Yankees, and I forget, with, with Buck and all? Did you? Uh, you, know, you know what's amazing, Jay? So 1995, when my suspension was up, Buck was the manager when I signed with the Yankees. But by the time I got to spring training, Joe Torre was the manager. Right. 
But so I never actually got to play with Buck. He was my manager for a short period of time, but I never got to play for him. And Joe, what was your relationship with Joe? Joe was great. Um, we came in together, you know, with the Yankees in 96, um, right. in spring training. Um, he treated me well. And, and there is something about 0-3. I started 0-3 in 96 right. with the Yankees as well. But, you know, they stuck with me. And um, I thought Joe was great, great leader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Isn't it all the crazy stuff you bet? No, you pitch no hitter with the Yankees, and all the great pitchers... Until this year when we had two, you know, Santana's and, yeah. and the combiner in the end. You know, David Cohn, you, you um, um, Tom Seaver, Jerry Kuzman, yeah. um, they pitch no hitters for other teams. Yeah, Nolan Ryan, Isn't Mike that Scott, Nolan Ryan? Isn't that crazy? It's amazing they, how that happens. Um, I still think, gee, I still think I got cheated in 84. Which I, game? I thought, against the Cubs. The Cubs, M- Moreland? Yeah, the Moreland ground right. ball with Ray Knight. And I saw Ray Knight at the old Thomas game. We was talking about that. He said it should have been an error. I don't know. It was the only base run all game. But... but, but yeah, what do you think about the new rules? I mean, the the uh, the pitchers. If you were pitching today, would the pitcher's clock be a problem for you? I don't. For me, like holding runs on base, that was always my weakness. Um, it was tough, and I think baseball. I still love the game, but I think sometimes it contradicts itself because they got the pitch clock now for for the pitchers, but at the same time you have the replays that slows the game down. Um, I think sometimes they do too much with the changes. So hopefully they don't mess up a beautiful game. I know you're a big fan of the DS. I know you're not. I mean, they, <laughs> yeah. What do you have, six or seven home runs? I think eight. Don't eight cheat me, I'm, I'm sorry. I hit one in the interleague play when I was with the Indians also. But uh, I, I like hitting. I think it's more strategy when they had the pitches in. But I get it now because it was almost embarrassing when these pitchers were getting hurt, bunting, pitchers getting hurt, running bases. So I understand they had to change it. But when I was playing, we took a lot of pride in our hitting. Um, the day before we would pitch, we'd take BP on the field. Um, the day you throw on the side, you're hitting the cages with Mel. We go on the road, we work on button hitting, so we took a lot of pride in our hitting. Doug, I know you're pitching the old times here. What do you, you know, it was good memories for you, and we had a lot of the 86 guys where there, 60 plus guys. That, you know, it's good to again, recognize the history of the team being back there. Oh man, that was great. And I like the way everything the new ownership's doing with the alumni and bringing everybody together. Um, for me, it was great because I got to see a lot of guys that I played with. I got to see guys that was before me, like Crane Poole, CM Skin, all those guys as well, and guys that was behind me. It's just a good mix, and I think it was great for the fans. Organization bring all these guys together, so it was just a tremendous day. The job how, how do you watch the game as a fan or you analyze stuff? I mean, I know when you come, you would look at the pitch, sit behind home plate. Do you? I mean, you just try and look at it as a fan, or you know, like the depth of the curveball, the spin on it. You know, I'm, what, what do you think of all the stuff at the spin right now? I, mean, I think, me personally, I think it's okay, but sometimes I think it's a little overrated. Um, I think if a pitcher can um, locate, read bat speed. Change the eye level. That's the guy I want. I understand velocity and spin rates plays a big part. And I think that's good too, but I, I want the complete picture myself. But I look at the game now as a fan. I, I know like my first three or four years when I retired, I looked at it. I was analyzing every pitch, throw this and shit, throw right. that. Now I'm able to just sit there and enjoy the game. And, you know, I love watching the Met game still at City Field. What, uh, one of my biggest memories the first year we were in Houston, your first game, and you missed the bike, get you too nervous. You missed the bus, you walked to the stadium, <laughs> yeah. and you couldn't get in. But you had a, you know, the guard wouldn't let Off you the in. Fence. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, you know, at, actually, I was so nervous. Missed the bus, 
walk into this, I said, concierge, how to get to the stadium? He said, it's like three miles to Astrodome. I get to this Astrodome, I clam the fence, like eight foot fence. Right. I clam the fence and the security guards see me. I say, I'm Doc Gooden, I'm pitching tonight. Yeah, you're yeah, sure, door. right, yeah, right. Sure, right. you're Doc Gooden, you know, pitching. So luckily, Steve Garland, one of the head trainers, right. was at the ballpark, and they called down there, and he came up to get me. So I've never been so nervous in my life, but the mess was kind enough to fly my parents in, and that made it even more nervous for me. Doc, one of the things I like we traveled was the meals we used to have, I mean, me and you and Rusty. Yes. One of our favorite restaurants is Ron's in Japan. Yes. The only guy used to have a lobster appetizer. <laughs> for, for Used to have these yes. two gigantic lobster appetizers. Oh, for that's the appetizer. Yes, well, that was great. And you're right, Jay. We had so much fun on the road going to eat at Runs Japan. And I still go there, like, for my birthday or different events, I'll go there. Um, that's my favorite restaurant. And we did. I miss that. A lot of people ask me, do you miss playing the game? I don't miss playing the game. I just miss the friendship we had and you know, being on the road and traveling together, going to the restaurants and all that. You know there. what? The 86 team was, uh, I was a couple of years out of college. It was, a, it was a lot of different personalities, you won't know. But it was a yeah. bond. And, keep us all together. I remember sitting in Davies' office, you know, game six, uh, World Series, two strikes, two outs, lose by two runs. I'm thinking, how am I going to apologize to the writers? Oh, team that won 114 games, you know, didn't win the World Series. But it, it had, what, was there a memory you have about that? Oh, season? man, that was amazing. I felt bad because I didn't pitch well the first two games. I pitched good in the playoffs. I went nine against Scott and then ten against Nolan. Right. Both of the playoff, I mean, the World Series starts game two and I think game five. I didn't pitch well at all, and that bothered me. But then game six, I remember being in a clubhouse, um, and, you know, we started going to run, and you're feeling bad. Like, man, what could I have done differently? It was like one hit after another hit, the wild pitch, obviously the Mookie play, and we end up winning that game six. I couldn't believe it. And you're taught, even in Little League, it's not over until it's over, but I thought it was over. So I remember they came and got Mitch to pinch hit. You know, he had to throw his jersey on. And once we won game six, if you remember, was down in Game Seven, also, but I just knew after Game Six was going to win it. Yeah. yeah. What, did, what did Mel Stoudemire mean to your career any Yankees and the Mets? What did he mean to you? As a Mel was great. Mel was like a second father to me because having Mel around, and I remember when I came out of Mills, we went to your house, and Mel was with me. Mel was always with me on the road. He would always come up, make sure I was okay. Um, and then having him at the end of my career, where I had to make the adjustments because I didn't have the same stuff I had with the Mets. Mel was always there, and. When they put me in the bullpen to start my career with the Yankees in 96, Mel would come to Park early with throw, but he was always talking to me. And um, even when I retired, me and Mel had a good relationship and I miss Mel today. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. One of my days I always remember when you had to you know, stop playing when you had to go to business for a while. Yeah. You came back and pitched a game, got a standing ovation. Oh, that, that, was, that was great. Because, you know, coming out of there, you didn't know what to expect, whether the fans going to still be behind you or not be behind you. And they, they would have the right if they wouldn't have, if they had a right. or whatever. Um, but the fans gave me a stand ovation. And when that happens from a personal standpoint, that really makes you feel good inside because at that point it becomes more than just baseball. It's more dealing with life. You know what, for me, you know what it was, Dwight, even when you, you go back to the Red Sox here, you didn't have pitch great, but you didn't, I remember walking down to a little coffee hole and put a bullpen, you what do you need me to do, Jay? You never ran. You always knew the obligation to press. Even when you had your off-the-field problems, you never ever ran. You always faced up to everything. And I think that's why 
to this day, you know, you're you're an endearing figure to not only Met fans, the baseball fans, because you stood up for yourself and never hid in the training room and stuff like that. I mean, was that hard to do it sometimes? It was or? hard at first. Um, you know, I give a lot of credit to, you know, you was always there for me, talking to me, and um, Rusty Stahl was great with me as well. Talk about that. And I just had to, like I say, always just be there, not when things are going good, when things are going bad, and just admit that, you know, I made a mistake. I'm going to try to get better and do the best I can. And... Just face it, and the fans, you know, always understood that. Yeah, especially, uh, in, especially in New York, it's hard to. It's, York, hard, yes. it's hard. It's hard to. Is, is there any one game, Doc? I mean, you talk about the Moreland game, you know, the well, the. What do you remember about the K quarter when the guys just started oh, the K quarter? That was so much fun. Like when I was playing, I couldn't admit it, but now I can tell you that I got caught up in the K corner. I wanted ten strikeouts every game, and Carter, being a catcher, he wanted ten strikeouts. And so a lot of times, you know, you get to so many strikeouts, you're not sure how many you have. And when he strikes him out and they pass the ball around the infield, the third baseman is always the last one to get the ball before he throws it to you. And then K corner was in the left field corner. So when I get the ball back, whether it was Howard Johnson or Ray Knight, I would take a peek up there and see how many Ks I had. And I thought it was great. And the fans loved it. I remember the fans standing on their feet when I got two strikes on the batter. And um, when he strikes him out, the guy had the K then running around hollering. I thought it was just great for baseball. And it was a little bit of pressure, but I accepted the pressure. I mean, it was just a lot of fun. And... The nights that pitched, especially Friday nights, it was just more, it felt more than baseball. I mean, Shea, Shea used to rock. I mean, City Field is great. It was time for a new stadium, but when Shea was filled and the bleachers oh, were rocking, it was a, it was a, oh, it was just a, that was just a great time. And I used to love going there. Even when I went pitching, just going to the ballpark during that time, because the fans was really involved and was involved with the fans. So that's why I'm glad now we're all getting back involved with it and, and join the fans, and they deserve it. Yeah, well, it was a good thing. I, not that the, the will punch it, but this new ownership. They embrace the past. We have the uh, the alumni games, you know, and to recognize bring people back in the family who kind of been estranged. I mean, it's good to see guys, maybe not all star, but guys had a little part, like the 25th guy on the team and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's a great feeling, right, um, Jay? Because I know when I signed the Yankees in '96, I went to spring training because I'm always going to be a Met, no matter what, even though I play with other teams. But I remember going to spring training with the Yankees, and they had DiMaggio, they had Yogi, they had Gidry, Reggie, all these guys. And I'm like, man. This would be nice once I retire the Mets can do this because it's a win-win where the fans get to meet, see the old players or the heroes or what have you. And the, and the players now, they can ask questions. They have to, but at the same time, not step on the guys' toes who are doing their job. And I think it's just great for everybody. It's a win-win situation. And the alumni bring the guys back. Um, it's great. You do a good job. With well, it's good. You know, I'm working with guys I work with all my life, which is great and everything. It's fun. Yes. But... But I hope we will do some more stuff next year, and Definitely. you know, you know, yes. you know, celebrate your, your your stuff, and and you still maybe next old time is gonna pitch another. Review. How did your arm feel after that time? Arm felt good. Rest of my body we felt like I was in a yeah. car wreck. <laughs> was, was it, was it, was it was a little painful. crazy? I got I got to work out before next. Was time it crazy go back on the mound? No, it was crazy. It was, I was actually more nervous in the old timers games than I was pitching any other time in my career. So, really? Yeah, because. I hadn't really worked out anything, and then when I got to the mound, I think I was throwing from second base. I forget who'd you pitch against. You remember? Um, Hojo and, and, and Mass. Yeah, it was really. But it was fun get yeah. out there and hit the crowds again. Well, and I was just I was nervous because I want to make sure I had those strikes. Well, you've been a good friend all these years, yes, Doc. Stage, Doc, man. Right, Thanks, brother. Appreciate yes, it. Thank you.